0: With traffic, errands, and parking, cars can be a chore. But a great car can be an adventure, a getaway, and a prized possession.
1: Whatever your budget or family require, there's a car out there you'll love. We're here to help you find it. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. We're nearing the end. We're not just close to the end. We've actually shot already our last piece of the big sedan. There is light
0: at the end of the tunnel, for sure. And...
1: We have winners. We have people these cars are going to. much. Look, I'll go ahead and put it out there. Because of all the madness we've gone through with these cars, a part of me just thought we're going to reach out to the people that could win them, and they're going to be like, you know what? No. And so what we did... (laughs) Thanks for the email. (laughs) No. What we did, we did this on camera. It'll be part of our last piece. We actually live sat here you and I with cameras rolling and we actually just went to a name sorter with our huge list and just picked random names
0: right we dumped all the names and out of GoFundMe mm-hmm.
1: into this random name generator yes. and
0: recorded our screens, yes. so therefore we couldn't be accused of any impropriety uh-huh. whatsoever and just pushed
1: the button and what's crazy is that we in order to defend ourselves we picked a first name and two alternates for each car right and then we reached out to both of the first names and ryan and shane both said absolutely yes ryan is is getting the pickle fork and shane is going to get the Phaeton. and now we're into discussion about how does it get to you and all that kind of stuff but those cars are really going away and new ones are really coming they really are the maserati comes with four really nice really expensive winter tires well so does the Phaeton. yeah so does
0: the Phaeton. Yeah. yeah it's a bargain it well, I don't know how many tickets It's each, a bargain each of these and almost free. I mean, both bought, in but both
1: cases it's almost free, but yeah,
0: almost free. And now you guys have those cars. <laughs>
1: Not yet. It's sad. But they're going. They're going to yeah, go.
0: They're go- they're going, but it, yeah, it's just sort of weird and sad and monumental, <laughs> historic and We're on to the next. Crazy enough. We're going to do cheap sports cars. We
1: are going to have that full reveal happen with a video coming up. We're going to do cheap sports cars, and we're very excited about that. As you guys know, we've been talking about it for about three months about doing this again. This first year has been so much about you and I just decided to try it. Yeah. Okay, We just bought these yeah. old things just yeah. to see what we can do. We have actually Auto Tempest stepping alongside us to be the primary sponsor of the new thing. We're going to do a video a month. It's going to be at least 12 videos of these new sports cars. We've got a whole thing planned. Much more planning is going into this time than yeah. last time. We've been working on like I say for about yeah. three months. So we're excited to get those cars. Those actually, those new cars, we're not going to share what they are yet, those new cars are probably coming within the next week. We're
0: in acquisition mode again. And the it's reason for it. this cheap sports car challenge, inexpensive sports cars, the reason this Came up is because of you guys. Absolutely. All the emails, not all, but many emails in the inbox refer to a low budget, but still wanting a third car or a second car or something that's sporty. And you all are telling us the requirements are rear wheel drive, manual transmission, two seats only, Mm -hmm. inexpensive. But that brings up a host of questions. Should I? Yeah. Should I not? What's the maintenance going to be like? Mm -hmm. What's ownership going to be like? And we thought, we're gonna answer. We're gonna do this ourselves and answer these questions. We will continue to do your debates, of course. Yes. But so many of these came up, and you know, the list is sort of like, well, I, I thought about the Miata, but I wanted something more unique and different. And so we thought, okay. We're taking let's this go on unique and different.
1: We are, we are taking these risks for you just like we did. Let's be honest with the Quattroporte and the fate. we are taking the risk. So you don't have to, the other difference with these, uh, these new sports cars is that a year from now, watch this space. We are going to raffle these off at the end instead of deciding that right. up front. Right. So that's a whole other thing that will happen. We'll bring down more the people in. So yes, for sure. You, you can sure. hear about you it can, and uh, you can watch the whole series and you can have a chance to be involved. So we're excited about this whole thing. That is one of the many things going on. Oh,
0: we just thought that you know how people say adrenaline is a drug, anxiety is our drug, yes, it and is. we wanted to keep it going because that's how we function on camera. It's <laughs> We're just so anxiety about this car blowing up. We're so excited about doing so this. Really, car. that's Genuinely the whole reason it continues.
1: Are. I actually, before we go on to other announcements, I have to tell a, a son story. Okay. That I haven't told you yet. Okay. And I'm and I, I'm having a I'm having mixed emotions as a father. I sort of like it when you hold back on me. Until the I, podcast.
0: Same with your dad stories, too. Because
1: I, I, I'm wondering when I need to address what I've just seen. Okay? <laughs> okay? Uh, school's back in. Okay? With new right. restrictions as, as the world has. Right. School's back in. So I am, I am dropping my son off in the drop-off line in the mornings. Okay? Okay. Instead of parking and walking him in, which is what I've done forever. And I, I like doing that, but I'm dropping him off. So that means I roll into the drop-off line. Where it is, uh, SUV, Outback, SUV, 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 Outback, Range Rover, Cayenne, SUV, 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 minivan, minivan, me in the Lotus. (laughs) Right, right. In the yellow Lotus. Because, of course, I say to him, what car do you want to take? Because my son gets to pick. And, of course, he picks the Lotus. Here's my concern. Two mornings in a row now, he has climbed out of the Lotus there in the drop-off lane where all the other kids are getting out. And he has said to whoever the closest kid is who looks at the car – Some sort of variation of, yeah, that's my Lotus. And I'm going, I don't, I don't, you don't think, I don't know if that's appropriate. I don't think what, that he is looking at his Lotus when he gets his driver's license, that it is his Lotus. Oh, I don't know that he's doing that level of ownership. It's just funny to me that he's already doing that thing that I associate with a snotty 14 or 15-year-old uh-huh. that is just, look yeah. at my car. Don't you think I'm cool because of my car? Yeah, look at he's me. He's doing that at 10. And I, I I have created this monster, let's be honest. But at the same time, I, I'm having this mixed emotion thing because as me as a father, I'm proud of the fact that he likes cars, he likes the Lotus, and he's excited to have it, and he's proud of it. That's all cool. But I, I don't know if we need ego about it. I don't know if we need a, that's, this is my Lotus. Mm. Do you think he understands? I don't
0: know. Because this is I the think it's coming from a
1: pride standpoint at mm-hmm. it this is. age for it him, is for not, sure. a,
0: not realizing that it could be associated with ego. And now you're just a snotty kid whose dad drives a Lotus. Yeah.
1: It, well, and I also think it's funny because I bet you nine out of 10 times, if you like, like took a random swath of the 20 cars in line with me when I drop him off in the Lotus, I may be in the cheapest car. Of course you are <laughs> because yes. it's Park City and the drop-off line. So there's that as well. When pickup trucks just, are eighty grand, you are yes, yes, well, exactly. So I'm just wondering. Uh, so far, it's kind of made me laugh. I'm wondering if this is one of those things I need to address. I was going to say, you're going kind to of rein it, it in. You're going to try to step in here. Anymore? I'm going to. I'm going to. What I need to do? I need to do the proper father thing. I need to kind of ask him his headspace when he's doing it, because I'm adding all this father stuff to it. I'm adding all this grown-up stuff to it. You know what I mean? Because I think what it really is, is a very honest thing from him, but he loves getting out of this car at the drive-through line, the drive-up line. He just loves it. (laughs) He loves getting out. And he has said two mornings in a row to whoever's closest that he knows. Yeah, that's my Lotus. I'm like, um, uh, I, I want to, I want to be, I want to caution you, son. That's yeah. kind of the conversation I think I need to have is just be careful about how that comes across, but I'm glad you're, I, I, you are catching me in real time parenting right now as I tell this story.
0: Yeah. Mm. All right. Well, you're going to have to keep us posted on that. What, what, <laughs> what, uh, we find out his, uh, his, his headspace is. Guys, we've got a great podcast for you, but first, we have TV on Motor Trend on Saturday, August 29, 2020, is Daily Fun, which is a rerun of Actual Usable Fun Sports Cars in Central Utah. And we got some cool. amazing footage. We hope you enjoy that. Set your DVR. It is 4:30 Pacific, 7:30 Eastern. And so, yes, that's still uh whenever you watch it in the mm-hmm. plus 7-day range that helps our Nielsen ratings it really, does really for appreciate sure, that. Time. That will be coming to Amazon soon mm-hmm. as season seven and eventually YouTube. But for now, we do have TV on YouTube, mm-hmm. which is our Corvette Z06 comparisons. Yeah. Think about it the C8 is not yet available as the Z06 as True. of this recording. So it is the C5, 6, and 7. Generations. That's from season Season four
1: of television. Is actually now on YouTube. And, of course, all of our seasons are available on Amazon Prime and on Vimeo for those of you worldwide. We greatly appreciate those of you that watch them there. The first two seasons are actually available on Pluto TV if you haven't seen it prior. You can see it there as well, and that's free. And we've got more seasons coming to Pluto as well. We're trying to get these old seasons out as many ways as we can Mm -hmm. so as many people as possible can see them. We also are building, yes, a different YouTube channel for the test drives that we're doing of these – Honestly, it's an overflowing amount of press cards, which is really cool. It's cool. So we're placing it's cool. them on yeah. their own channel so that we can do these individual test drives of the two of us driving them together. It's very much a real-time test drive, kind of has the feel of this podcast. That is building as we speak. We almost have 1,000 subscribers, which is a big milestone that helps us unlock. It's like unlocking treasure chests at YouTube. you got to get to certain milestones it's of things. It's just a video game. Be, uh, anyway, it's, it's all it is. I'm waiting for the big boss level. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, we're almost to 1,000 subscribers. If you guys would help us get there, that will help us uh, move everything forward. We're going to have a custom URL and a bunch of other things to make it easier to find. But right now, YouTube.com Everyday Driver is the channel you can normally find us, and you can click the recommended uh, channels on the side, and you can get to it there. That's one way if you're already on YouTube. Or you can go to our website, EverydayDriver.com. The YouTube tab there has both channels listed. You can click directly there. Because right now, I'll admit, the Test Drive channel has a gibberish URL. I'm not even going to try to share it with you. Just just follow the links.
0: Right. Couple of great car debates, first from Michael, who has moved recently out of New York City, and he is the favorite uncle, looking for something else in his life. He already has German performance, so he's looking for a different experience. And we also have Brad Kay in Charlotte, North Carolina, who is definitely looking for something special. Summer is finally here, and with that comes sunshine and blistering hot car interiors. You know, the leather seats that you thought were a great idea until you scald your legs.
1: Luckily, all you need is a custom sunscreen from our friends at Covercraft. They're awesome. They're amazing. These foldable sunscreens fit perfectly in the windshield of your car and keep your car cooler when you're off enjoying the sunshine. These custom
0: sunscreens come in a variety of colors, and they're an affordable and simple way to keep
1: your car cooler in the summer and protected from damaging UV rays all year long. We swear by our custom sunscreens. I I love it. It's one of our very favorite car accessories. Remember, you can get 10% off your car sunscreen by using the code every day right now at Covercraft.com. Or you can follow the link from our sponsors page. We're jumping in first with Michael
0: G's debate here who writes to us. He discovered the podcast a few months ago after he moved out of New York City bought a year 2000 Boxster S as a second fun car. (laughs) Love it. Love it. And somehow tying into what we've been telling you, he Mm -hmm. stumbled on the cheap sports car episode on Velocity Channel. Then it was Velocity, now Motor Trend Cable Mm -hmm. Channel. And he said, after discovering a lifetime of driving in the city, he was a car enthusiast. With an unrequited obsession.
1: (laughs) Yes. He's discovered he's now a car guy. Get out of Manhattan, and now he's realized, I really am a car guy. He dailies back into Manhattan with a 2012 Acura MDX. At least he did, because he found it unbelievably boring, but it was a really good commute car. And then Manhattan, as a result of covid And everywhere else locks down. You can't Mm -hmm. go anywhere. There's Mm -hmm. nothing you can do. You can't, you can't do a thing. You're locked in your apartment and he has a favorite niece (laughs) and she had no way to get anywhere. And he went, you know what? I'm enjoying the Boxster so much. Why don't you listen to the word here? Borrow my MDX for a while. Uh huh. She's Uh had it long enough now that he realizes he's never getting that back.
0: He's going to say being her favorite uncle. He took it upon himself to improve the quality of her life. Lent her the SUV the first week of May, 2020
1: and hasn't seen or heard from her since. And may never. He figures, honestly, uh, holidays is pretty much the only time he may even see his own car. Yeah.
0: <laughs> he says, you know, he realizes it's not the best errand car, but since it's 20 years old, it's not precious to Michael. So he doesn't mind leaving the office parking lot or taking to the sur- supermarket. And so, yeah, that's the Boxster. Yeah. The Acura is Long never going to be seen again.
1: So the Boxster's become the Daily, which he's kind of laughing is. about, but it, but it, a, what daily a great car in though. New York City. I love
0: this. I think it's great. It's cool. So as time goes on, there are several things that are crystallizing to Michael. Okay. Again, as Todd said, he's only going to see the Acura again at family dinners. (laughs) But now he's going to need another car for when the the weather gets cold. Mm -hmm. And yes, I'm going to tell you to put winter tires on the Boxster and keep driving it. Mm -hmm. As would I, yes. But he's still thinking he needs another car. Okay. All right. The Porsche is fun. It's a manual with a ragtop. It serves an obvious purpose, he says. What he's looking for in his second car is a reliable daily mm-hmm. that is more fun and engaging than an SUV, which is, you admit it's a low bar. Yeah, that, that, that could be accomplished, yeah. He doesn't haul much anymore, but would like to be able to take his bike in the back. Okay, all right. He doesn't mind the folded down seats, taking off the front wheel to get his bike in. Okay, all right. Other but- than that, he's flexible. He's considered American muscle. He's curious about the new Supra. And he already has German performance in his life, so he's looking for a completely different experience. I like it. This is good. Now, the budget is flexible to the extent that he doesn't like spending more than $40,000, which instantly means 50. Just a nice round 50. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) Just round it out. Yeah. Michael's $10,000 between friends.
1: It's Well, but this is how it happens. This is exactly how it happens for sure. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Okay. So what are our thoughts here? He well, says, first
1: off, Michael, you have to keep the Boxster. You said yes, maybe you could sell it. I think it has awakened car love in you, and it has become a car that you are thrilled to drive anywhere doing anything. I think it's a clear recommendation that you just must keep that car. Let's spend forty or in Paul's case, fifty grand, yeah. and find you something else that does the, the winter-slash-bike duty, but is still fun. Because that's the other thing we have to do here is you've discovered driving fun enough that we can't put you in a commuter box. No, no, certainly not.
0: I've been thinking, and Michael, you know how we've told you, we've been getting a fair amount of press cars lately. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. There's been one that has excited both Todd and I so much, we're going, what's wrong with this car? Why doesn't everybody own this car?
1: Yeah. Okay. This is
0: cool. And you might not think it's cool. It's in the sleeper category. It's in the, really? One of those Mm -hmm, kind of category. mm -hmm, It's not German. It's not American. It's not Japanese. (laughs) You're narrowing things down rapidly, but keep going. <laughs> Trying to carve out continents yeah, here. You are for sure. Nations. Well, I think there's only one that is really a different experience. Okay, that you can put your bike in the back, so you keep it clean and, of course, locked up. Okay, all right. It's a very different experience, and it's very much of a. It's still a driver's car in a sense. It's not anywhere close to your. Porsche.
1: It's not an enthusiast car, car. but it's got worthwhile driving dynamics. I think you know where I'm going. I know exactly where you're going. And I've been shopping
0: for you, Michael. This car is a 2019, slightly used Volvo V60 T5 R Design wagon in blue Mm. metallic for $38,750. That's a find. With 6,000 miles. You are kidding. There's multiple v60s out there wow i found 2020s slightly used 700 miles that are still under 40 grand if you want to go more and you want to go hybrid and you want to go all-wheel drive Mm -hmm. okay sure you're going to pay more Mm -hmm. maybe 45 slightly used it was a Dealer, loaner, or something like that. But otherwise, brand new. Mm -hmm. The S60 we recently drove was above $64,000. It was, That's the fully loaded hybrid. And brand new. A notch under Polestar. Yes. There's other variants in there, though. And slightly used one-year-old. Everything's still the same. Mm -hmm. The interface is gorgeous. We do have a test drive coming out of this car. Mm -hmm. But I think you need to go shopping for this Volvo because it's stylish. It still says car enthusiast.
1: But it's Mm. so subtle you have to know, and you'll feel like you've discovered something. The wagon element takes it another step into who are you as a car buyer? It's a yeah. very unique thing. Don't don't get a brown wagon. In spite of us being car journalists, we don't recommend brown wagons. Also, do, do me a favor and buy a Volvo in something other than white. Oh yes. I feel like they all come in white. So what I
0: found was but, I'm turning my laptop uh, yeah. around. You're seeing the blue. The blue's metallic. perfect. The blue's gorgeous. Gorgeous. That looks
1: great. And that's a fine, too. I really. Slightly, that's a good recommendation. I really I can like scroll. that. I, put it in auto tempest. I'm scrolling. Yeah, yeah.
0: I found multiple I 2020 T5 momentum. A lot of these are front wheel drive. Do you need the all wheel drive though? Mm. I mean, winter tires. I told you, you know, we yeah. told you put yeah, winter yeah, tires in yeah. the boxer be perfectly fine. Totally. Yeah. Front wheel drive on one of these save a little bit of money. I'm saving you money. 40 ish somewhere in okay. there. You've got a right. choice of the V60. Usually their T5, maybe T6 momentum, depending on options, drive train, but
1: well, Volvo is gorgeous. hysterical because doesn't matter what that badge is on the back. I can tell you what's under the hood. It's a two-liter four-cylinder. The badge just changes what they screwed to it. You can get base two. This is all Volvo does right now. You can buy the most expensive car from Volvo on the planet right now, and it has a two-liter four-cylinder in it. It's just they add a supercharger, a turbocharger, and if need be, a hybrid motor. Uh to the same two-liter that, by the way, was in the base car with nothing. This is I, good business. I haven't decided if this is genius or just a disaster <laughs> waiting to happen, but right now this is what Volvo does, and it has so far been brilliant. We'll see.
0: I'm, that's the car that I'm landing on for that's you because nice. I
1: could go SUV, but you said no
0: SUVs. Yeah. That's what you kind of alluded to, and so that throws out three quarters of the cars on sale today. It does, yeah. And I thought, I don't want you in a big sedan necessarily. I do want you in something different. Stash. Wagons are awesome. Wagons are mm-hmm. All over Europe, you put your bike in the it. back. I see it. There's a, lot, there's a lot there. Yeah. The interface alone. Buy this Volvo for the interface alone. It's very cool, yeah. the nav system. It's brilliant. Just the fact that you can see with XM radio all the channels in the vertical height of the screen. So you can mm. see probably 15 channels, but you can see what's playing.
1: Oh, interesting. You can actually, whatever. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. You, okay, so you're on you know 90s music or 80s music. Sure. And you can see what's playing over here on lithium channel. I didn't or realize it did that. I hadn't can, seen that on there. That's cool. I have never seen any other system do that. That's so I cool. can see, yeah. oh, do I want that? And you can keep scrolling. Do I want news? You can what's, actually see the song before you jump there. Yes. That's cool. I love that. That's just great. That feature alone is phenomenal. <laughs> Who else and then does it's that? a Volvo wagon. That's good. I like it. So just, you know, take in consideration that kind of thinking mm-hmm. pervades
1: the rest of the car. That's really good. I like that. That's a that's a great recommendation. I did not go there. I, I went into two different categories for you, Michael. I went traditional hatchback, and then I have a car in the class that Paul's talking about as well. But I think what you need here is a hatchback because we need to keep that enthusiast fun, but we need to have that utility. And that is pretty much the build sheet for a hot hatch right there. Sure. Okay? sure. Now I'm going to go with the first one I have is the only front-wheel drive, and that is the Veloster N. You could buy a new one and be thrilled. Do You could get – Now, there's a dual clutch coming, so you could do that if you wanted to do that for commuting, but you could also get really good manual. Put winter tires on that. You will love it. It's got plenty of attitude. Brand new. They're 30. Yes, exactly. Loaded brand new. They're 30. I'm saving you money. So that that would be a great choice. I'm a big believer in that one. Then I was thinking all-wheel drive hatches. We have two different options you should drive because they couldn't be more different. If you want more the commuter chill-out car, go get yourself a Golf R. You'll love the interior materials. The Boxster has kind of warmed you to the, the German feel of things. so sure, you'll sure. you'll like that interior. It has all-wheel drive when you need it. Put, uh, put winter tires on it anyway. It's a Haldex system, so it's not a performance all-wheel drive system. But the Golf R's are genuinely fun, but they're also a car you can just chill out in.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: Or if the Boxster has made you a, like, hardcore enthusiast and you do want all-wheel drive, the Veloster's not doing it for you, which I think would be great, you should get yourself a used Ford Focus RS. Think so? Why not? Get it in that like gray that it comes in so it's a little bit subtle. So because to get in drift mode and drift I, through Times I lo- Square? I love the blue. Yes, please do. Send us that video, by the way. I, I love the blue, and because it's me, I would get the blue on that car. But the problem with the Focus RS, my concern for Michael is that car in its softest suspension setting is still a hard ride. I think it may be yeah. too hard for yeah. Manhattan. So just, that's yeah. got me concerned with it. It's a think, bit of a commute car in this sense. Exactly, which is making me think it might not be right. I, what, I, what I'm unclear on from Michael is how hard, hardcore he wants to be now. Because he doesn't. Sure. He, he's found this car interest, he's found what the involvement is like. He yeah. talked about how bad the MDX was. So yeah. the, I think the Golf might be right because of how the usage is. But if you really want to stay hardcore, you could go Focus RS and they're cheap used.
0: It's a balance. The Boxster is
1: not the roughest
0: ride ever, but you know no, you're in a sports car. It's totally. A genuine, totally. you know, sporty car.
1: So then I thought if I want to actually balance out the Boxster, you have your small, lightweight Roadster. We need your all-wheel drive opposite car. Okay. Then I did go with one sedan. We did? Okay. But I think it's perfect for you. I didn't go full wagon like you did because I think this still works. Kia Stinger GT all-wheel drive. Those are awesome. Buy that car. Be happy fold the seats and get your bike in. No problem. Absolutely. It's got, it's got the hatch design the hidden, yeah. hidden hatch there. Your bike will fit in that great. The all wheel drive system is phenomenal. The guy that we know here locally that was asking us a while back, our friend Robin asked us a while yeah. back. Yeah. He'd only ever driven trucks. And I mean like find the big truck in the parking lot. That was Robins. And he came <laughs> right. to us and he said, I want to buy a sedan. That's going to be decent in the winter. What should I get? And rarely do people leave it that open-ended. And then even more rarely when we answer, do they go actually drive what we suggested. I'm talking – look, you guys at the podcast do it. People that know us personally almost never drive what we suggest. I don't know what it is about seeing it in person. But Robin went and drove the Kia Stinger GT on a recommendation and went, I have to have this. Yeah, And he drives a like flat matte gray one. It is killer. It is mean yeah. and he loves it. And he has become, it's cool. He's become the guy that is just, he is the preacher of the Kia stinger. Anybody he meets, he's like, I gotta show you my car. So I think the stinger, you would love Michael. And I have to leave it there. Awesome. All right. So whatever you do, Michael, don't tell your
0: niece that you got something new. Cause she'll be like, what <laughs> would you get? The MDX is great. You're and all. right.
1: I sold the MD. Oh, I couldn't sell that. What, I, what is yeah. the new car?
0: If you've got your own debate, like Michael's, write to us, everydaydrivertv at gmail.com, or you can go to the website to find the YouTube channel, and that's the second tab over, and you can mm-hmm. find both new YouTube channels yes, yes, right there. And uh, also, on the top right corner under the About tab is the Contact button, easy way to get a hold of us, and that aggregates to the same email yes, address. Does. So we see either one comes into the same inbox, and we can see that. So thank you guys for
1: writing in. Big time. Really appreciate it. You've heard us talk about drive homework because it's vital to drive a lot of things when you're trying to find your next car. Knowing your options is incredibly important. And this applies to online shopping, too. You don't want to search just one website unless that site is searching all the other ones for you. That's why we love Auto Tempest. We know you've
0: heard us talk about it before, and we hope you've already seen how far you can shop with just one search. Auto Tempest pulls from all the top used car sites at once, so you know you won't miss that ideal
1: car. AutoTempest.com. All the All the cars one search Brad K writes to us from Charlotte North Carolina mm-hmm. wanting something special and he says it's not his first rodeo with cars <laughs> it's his second Didn't know I needed to know so much by my second rodeo. I know. Seems like a low number of rodeos. Definitely seems (laughs) low. Anyway, yeah.
0: He's a car enthusiast from American-made muscle cars to German Audi sports cars. He's having some issues though. At age 51, he says getting in and out of small sports cars.
1: So you need a Lotus Elise. Yes. (laughs) And you'll never get out. Yeah. Lotus Elise and a chiropractor. There you go. Save some
0: money. He's always liked the TT and the Mazda Miata, and wanted something uniquely special. That's as his next reference. daily.
1: That, those two are an interesting reference. The TT and the Miata as the reference they're, cars. Yeah. yeah. Go on. Go
0: on. They're not diametrically opposed necessarily, but. Tells us a lot, actually. Yeah. It does. Well, he grew up in north of Cleveland, Ohio, and he says, you know, he was into Fords and the, the Mustang whole family GT. was into Fords. They yeah. were a
1: Ford family, and he's branched out big time. Yeah. yeah.
0: He says part of his younger adulthood, he's owned three Mustangs, a 98 GT a 2001 GT, and an 07 GT. Okay, From there, he moved on to the Volkswagen GTI from 2008, and he had an R32, both the 04 and 08 models. Very cool. Which he appreciated. He loved the quality and attention to detail. And then he was introduced to the Audi RS4.
1: They're cool, aren't they?
0: They're really cool. They're cool. They're really fun. They're cool. He fell in love right away. A German V8 from Audi. Mm-hmm. It's a German all-wheel drive muscle car. You're absolutely yeah, right. It is, for sure. Until you get to the maintenance. It, until you get to repairs. It can be scary. It could be really scary. He sucks. I love and
1: I love that car. I yeah, really, really like it, yeah.
0: There's there's sensors on the back of the motor, so they have to drop the motor to at a cost of five thousand dollars. So does he keep it? Does he put the money into it? He's not sure. Maybe, maybe. But whatever he does. He's looking for an engaging, fun, unique car Mm -hmm. to drive that needs to be a manual six speed. And it has to either have a V8 or a lively V6 with good power and torque. So he's looking at four-door sedans. He's looking at coupes, even hatchbacks, if it's big enough. There's a lot of those cars out there. Mm -hmm. But the restriction is the budget. Yes. $21,000 or less. Tons of stuff was knocked off the list instantly. Yeah, 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 yeah. I looked around, Brad. I looked at Jaguar F types. They're not twenty one thousand dollars. They really, really are. There's zero twenty-one <laughs> thousand dollar. They are not Jaguar. Do not apply. They so I would love you to have that Jaguar because it is unique and special. Mm-hmm. If you'd like to double your budget, yes. <laughs> I doubt that's gonna happen.
1: <laughs> yeah, but but we may as well bring it up because we do, yeah.
0: I thought you could go older, you know, I thought you could go unique and old. I thought Pontiac GTOs, those always come up because they're like mm-hmm. eight
1: grand. Yeah. And, and you just don't see them. They're just yeah. Yeah.
0: easy to work on. They're just, you know, a lot of power. Two plus two. I've I've thought of all these different cars, and I keep coming back to one of our kind of usual suspects. Okay. And I did find a 2014 BMW M235i manual with 91,000 oh, miles for 21.9. Okay. So that is at the mm, bottom of your price range, top of your price range, yeah. bottom of the mileage range. I yeah. would say. You know, just for the sweet spot for those cars. I only found one so far. Okay. All right. But I offer that to you as the sweet spot for what you're looking for. Because I think about you're getting in and out of a car. Mm -hmm. Going any Mm -hmm. lower than that car, you might not want so much. Still has great seats. They're reasonable. If you could bump to 25, you'll get a (laughs) few more options. The mileage would be lower. Mm Kind of depends. But that is just such a – we haven't talked about that car in a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I come back to that as just a great all-around. It's unique. It's fun, special. They've are you know, they dropped in price quite a bit, mm-hmm. and I was impressed with it the first time we okay. drove one. Yeah. We've driven many of them, Brad, on yeah, the ring have. and Spa, as a matter of fact, and just love it. We've beat on those cars. I like it. That's a good one. That's I, a good one. I've
1: come back to that as, okay. as the car for you. I have a few for you, Brad, because I'm not sure – the thing that's interesting here is this reference of the Audi TT and the Mazda Miata, which tells me small. And then you counteract that with, I'm concerned about getting in and out of small cars. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Doesn't sound like you're actually having a problem with it right now, but you're concerned about it. So I'm going with stuff, h- hoping to find stuff that's in that feel, but yet has more easy access. Okay. okay. So I am th- I was thinking along those lines. That got me to a couple of usual suspects. And then I found a car that is not that That I think might be the car, but I want to walk myself there. Okay. 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 First off, you could very easily here V8 with some attitude, manual transmission. Let's just go there. You could go any of the muscle cars, Challenger, Mustang, or Charger. Uh, I'm sorry. Challenger, Mustang, or Camaro. Indeed. Yeah. As much as you can buy engine wise in those cars would work here. Absolutely. Except you're wanting something that's a little bit unique, which kind of kills those. And also, I think so, yeah. you've spoiled yourself to decent interiors. Or let me put it another way, to German-style interiors. And so I also think that kind of knocks those out. Okay, As yeah. much as I like them. As much yeah. as they fit the, the manual transmission big V8. I get that. See, I love this. Start somewhere, throw it out, go in a different yeah, this is how I mean, we, This is how it happens most yeah. of the time. So then I did think, you know what? You could get a C6 Corvette. But then we have the interior question. Hmm. I think getting in and out of those cars they're big enough that it wouldn't be a problem it's very different than anything you've had they're low, but they' there's open up exactly quite and well. we've seen both people that aren't that athletic and people that are much bigger than you and I, like six eight get in c six corvettes true okay so there's plenty of room there so i the problem is interior is not going to hold up to your German desires, but the car is so different than what you've had and it it, it taps into that muscle car history you have. Yeah. You could get a lot for your money in C6 Corvette. So I'm putting that out there. Then I am going to go to a useless suspect, which is the second gen Boxster. Okay. Go get okay. one of those. They are very easy access. And they that that honestly is like the Miata thinking, Audi TT thinking with better access.
0: And the chassis are phenomenal. I could see that.
1: So what can you get for 21 grand? You do have some options. You might even find yourself a decent Boxster S. Now I'm talking 05 and above here, second gen Boxster. So that's an option there. You should try to find one of those. But I actually think the best answer is this one. And it it struck me as I was thinking about that Audi RS4 that you've lusted after and gone, that's a money pit. I probably should stay away. They're awesome. As you've thought about it. You were responding to the fact it was a four-door V8 muscle car from Germany,
0: Uh and I landed
1: here, and there are options, my friend. The E90 generation BMW M3 four-door. Oh, that's pretty good. It has a V8. That's pretty good. A six-speed manual, four-doors. That is a phenomenal car with a great engine. We really, really like that BMW. That comes up through, I'm going to get it wrong, like 2012, 2013 that range of, yeah, of years, even, okay? Yeah, so,
0: even you can go to 08. You can go back to far. I'm saying, but that's, that's
1: as new as they get. Yeah, So they're sure, like sure. 07, 08 to 2012, 2013, something like that. The E90 BMW M3. You're looking for the E90. That is the four-door with the six-speed. You just don't see those. You see plenty of the E92s, the coupes, and some of the E93 convertibles, but the four-doors are not very common. That's a discerning choice that you see that and you go, oh, that's a cool Are car. they 21000 or less? I found... A couple pages on Auto Tempest. Did you really? I did. Pages? I did. I was very impressed. Now, I will say this. All of those at that price are over 70,000 miles, and some of them are like 130. Okay, okay. That engine, you're talking about engines with the problem with the uh, the RS4. That engine has a known rod bearing issue mm-hmm. that I am certain will be cheaper to fix than anything on that RS4. Okay, okay. I, it's a known issue. It, look, if, if the if the problem happens, it can kill your engine. But if you get ahead of it, it's, it's like the IMS thing for Porsche. Sure. You replace it and you move on. Okay. So I'm landing there. E90 M3 V6. Enjoy that V8. Have a nice day.
0: That's great because it is German. He mm-hmm. loves that mm-hmm. part. That engine is thirsty, but who cares? Yeah, that's not what And we'll the rod about. bearing issue, yeah. if you can find one that's already been done, even that, better. That's true as well. Yeah. But on the other hand, the way to look at that is if it hasn't, you know that You'll be the one to do the maintenance correctly, how you want it done, and you'll True. you'll have your True, service yeah, yeah. records from there. So mm-hmm. you'll know, That's okay, good. it hasn't been done, but you know what? I'm going to set the car on a good path from here on out. Okay, yeah, you got to spend some money up front to do it, but then you've got a great car. But any here's the other thing about
1: it, though. I want to put this in, in your head. Also, now guys. I'm looking twenty one thousand dollars for. <laughs> here's the other thing I about that, Brad. that car. Any really good V8 you buy at twenty thousand dollars is going to need something. Yeah. So just accept the fact there's going to be extra money in it. Anyway, get the M three. I'm telling you, man, that's a fun car. We're back with many audience questions because you guys are awesome. Honestly, I I haven't done a good job in thanking you guys in a while. The number of questions you come up with that takes us on fantastic tangents. Every time we do this podcast, it's phenomenal. It's a lot of what makes this podcast different and fun. Every single time is you guys with questions. I know we never answer all of them. We always grab a bunch. We're diving in with new fun. I've got, uh, Jeffrey Johnson's writing on a Facebook saying he lives in Texas and uh, he only ever bought summer tires. Mm, Good man. Good man. I saw this. But he said, you know, there are some days in Texas, and I've been there, man, when it dips below 30 degrees and those tires get rock hard and it gets a little scary. So his question is, should I get some all seasons for the winter? And I think, yeah. Yeah. There's, That's not a bad idea. Don't get winter tires. Yeah. It's just not worth it. You're too low and it's not going to be cold enough consistently. But get yourself some good all seasons. You know, Michelin has those, what are they, AS4s now that are getting some rave reviews as really, really yeah. good performance all seasons. I mean, you can find and that used to be a, a misnomer, a performance all season tire wasn't very much performance and wasn't a great all season. But actually (laughs) at this point they are pretty good out there, you know? So, I mean, I actually put all seasons on my wife's Cayenne instead of full summer rubber because it blows through full summer rubber. So we do all seasons and then full winters. You're in a similar situation. You can do full performance tires in the summer and then all seasons in the winter. I think you'd be really well balanced.
0: Talking about the big sedans. Ty G has a question. If we had to give one of these two cars to your mother-in-law, which one would you pick? (laughs)
1: You're the only one with a (laughs) mother-in-law. To my mother-in-law, it would have to be the Phaeton because she could not handle the Maserati. Yeah, few people can handle the Maserati. And and also because, let's be honest, she is a longtime Lexus owner, so involvement is not her thing, okay? (laughs) It just needs to run. And at least the Phaeton runs every time you start it. It does weird things like not have an air conditioner that works and leaks on the drive and these kind of things. But it runs, the Maserati is a total just like dice roll. And then you have to, you have to know you have to be an involved driver, which she is not
0: do. Here's a finicky, potentially time bombed Ferrari (laughs) V eight powered car. How much more do you like me now? Mother in law. Yeah, exactly.
1: All
0: right. Michael C asks, is it just Michael or does it seem like Hyundai is trying multiple design themes across their lineup?
1: Oh good. I'm glad you're answering very
0: little consistency. Really? That's interesting. I, I, I suppose that you could look at it from a per vehicle standpoint that they're, they're looking at various uh, – the theme for that particular market mm. and they want to say either more aggressive or less aggressive or something like that. But to be honest, I see similarities in surface and line mm. from, say, the Palisade to the new Sonata. I, I guess I, I look for that. And I see it, but you're not going to see similar proportions because they are different cars. So you're not going to see the exact same line executed in in the exact same way. Weirdly, though, I will say you do see it across Lincoln's lineup. On the other Mm. hand, they're not building cars, per se. They're They're doing SUVs, so the lines still kind of work. Mm. But you'll see it on Volvo. Volvo does an excellent job translating from Mm. SUVs Mm. to sedans, similar lines, and they do look like they're all in the same family. That's good. I, I can see that, but... I, I've got two arguments for that. Does design have to all look, do, do all the cars have to look the same? No. I give you BMW as an example.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: The two series all the way up to the seven series. Well, that's just a miniature five series. Well, that's just in an overinflated three series. Mm-hmm. Do you want people, customers to say that? Mm-hmm. Is that mm-hmm. good? Or do you want people to say, huh? Well, they've designed for this market and that's a special, unique Veloster N. Hmm. That's the only car in their lineup that looks that that's aggressive a and has that's that a much, very good point.
1: Yeah. And wow. Well, that's, that's cool. I'm all for personally. I'm all for manufacturers having cars that look different under the same brand. I'm a kind of all for that, but I know we're trying to do corporate look. I know that's always a big thing. The particular things that designers
0: usually pull out are grills, the front face, of the car, mm-hmm. Kia has the tiger nose. Yeah. That's what they call it. Yeah. Hyundai does have, I don't know what they're calling their front grill shape, but it's <laughs> it's similar. <laughs> mm, With their cars, squ- it's just ugly. Anyway, yeah, I said it. I, I went there. It's, you it's squish ugly. It. Yeah. Yes, you did. You, you fold it, you squish it. You can mm-hmm. still see the same kind of lines. To, you know, the proportions are different though, but you can still see the similarities in that front Sonata grill all the way through the new K5. You, you see it. Well, I guess that's the Palisade, cute,
1: but still, is to SUVs what the first gen Panamera was to sports sedans? phenomenal and not attractive.
0: Watch our video, our review of the, you and I don't agree.
1: You and I don't agree. I will
0: explain why it's interesting and different. Uh I get it. And also, do you want car manufacturers to get out there and try things and push boundaries? I do want
1: that. Yes. Because
0: we know in German car world, It's always safe. Yeah. We don't want to alienate customers. And we do want you to be introduced to the a four. And as you progress through your career Mm -hmm. and as you make more (laughs) money and you move up to middle management, you can now afford an a six or an a seven. You aspire to an a eight when you, you know, you're later in life and you're top management senior level, but they want you to stick with the brand throughout. Mm -hmm. So that's Mm -hmm. why they look a certain way. And, that is a real thing, by the way. Absolutely. It the is. The yeah. corporate progression. money so, so you stay in that same family and then, ooh, you want the R8 because now you've got the bonus. You saved your bonuses <laughs> for a few years. You're about to retire. Years. It's time for an R8. You need the R8 and you're going to stay in that family. That thinking has pervaded. Mm-hmm. But then when car companies come out with a model that just doesn't really exist and where do you put it? Then you go, what? where did that come from? But it's cool when it gets through. Other manufacturers just kind of try different things. So I ask you, I put it back on you. I say, is that a good thing for people to, you know, manufacturers to try different things and still keep some similar as much as they can? Mm -hmm. Or should it just look, well, that's just a squished and raised. The X5 just looks like a, you know, you squeeze the three series in a vice or something. (laughs) You know what I mean? Right? No, you're absolutely right. Yeah.
1: That's that's ultimately a, a personal decision, I feel like. Interesting. Sean Fisher said on Instagram, how would we recommend going about learning to drive a manual transmission on your own? He he doesn't want mm-hmm. to mess up somebody's Turo car. He doesn't know anybody with a cheap manual that will let him ruin their clutch. How do you go about it? Honestly, Sean, and this is going to be weird, but honestly, the best way to learn manual is to buy a manual car. Mm-hmm. And and, yep. and the trick here is you've got to have a buddy – who can help you buy that car that does have the ability to drive manual? To help you do the test drives and to get it off the lot and to get it home and that kind of stuff. But I submit to you, if you bought a manual transmission car that you intend to learn on, you'll be able to drive it well in a week. Not as well as you will ever get to drive it, but I'm saying you will be competent in a week of driving that car every day. Okay. I, fully okay. I fully believe that. I fully believe that. I mean, it it it's like anything that is. Like, think of a sport. I'm going to go with skiing. You can get down the mountain on day one. OK? <laughs> get down the mountain. Sure. On day five, you're so much better than you were on day one. True. But True. on year 10, you're still refining.
0: You're hucking, you're off s- a But, you, but cliff. you're still refining
1: yeah. what you do True. on skis. True. This is driving a manual. You never are just like you're never done. Mm. OK? But getting to that level of competence, I guarantee you, if you drove that car for a week, and everything you needed to do, you'd be competent in a week. You'd be, I, give me a situation. I could drive it. I may not do it perfectly, but I can do it. Mm. So you're going to need to just buy a cheap manual transmission and accept it. And I think if you can pull that off, you'll be there fast. I hear $1,500 sobs are a thing. <sighs> yeah, with with circular t- gear patterns. they just they just It's just a circle now. Just best guess. Andrew M. asked me, what is the best seat material for me? Leather, cloth, suede,
0: leather suede combo. I have to admit... I do like the seats in my Cayman. They are a combination of leather on the thigh bolsters mm-hmm. and the Alcantara, the Alcantara on the middle section of the seats. And I do like it from a material and visual breakup, but I like that the Alcantara just grips me and mm-hmm. I don't move in that seat. And then you add the, the thigh bolsters with leather. I, I do like the mix to be honest. I've, you know, leather seats across the board are great. Absolutely. It depends on the textiles for the cloth seats. It really depends if I yeah, like those or not. Yeah, it does. Varies a lot. Sometimes they can be mm, like burlap. Other times, you know, <laughs> you don't want to wear shorts. Yeah. Other times, you know, I think, okay, this is nice. And believe me, that is something designers are constantly thinking about. The design team for interior materials, there are debates, there's meetings. Mm-hmm. Monday morning meetings galore on what we should do and working with the manufacturer and suppliers to, to do all this. That is a huge industry, as
1: a matter of fact. Leather seats in a super hot climate is always a questionable thing with shorts. You've all probably done it. It, It's quite painful to climb into a car with leather seats in some place like Dallas or Houston and be like, ow, I'm going to leave a mark. That's not good. Jared Rose One asked on Instagram, do you see this one? If we had to do it over again... And pick different big sedans for the big sedan challenge. What would we have picked? So not the ones mm. we did pick. What else would we have picked? You know what I would have liked, mm. and it was going back even further. But the '97 series. Ah, yeah, that's I good. I like that car, and I think, I think it would have just been horrifying to keep running. But I still think they're amazing. It's that that to me was the pinnacle of the seven series design. It was just a the, such a great era for BMW anyway. So that late 97 series would have been the thing. but And those were very – those, honestly, I'll be honest, while searching specifically for a Phaeton, I kept seeing those pop up because I couldn't help but look. Some of those were like $1,500. And I just kept thinking, that is simultaneously exciting and horrifying. I have two, actually. I am really in love with the
0: Audi S8, which is a mm. – metallic cousin essentially yeah 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 to the Phaeton it was essentially a Phaeton rendered in aluminum at about a thousand pounds lighter the 01 to 03 Audi S8 Mm, those were cool I fell in love when I first saw the movie Ronin yeah I just I love those things they're amazing but you always find one that is just beat down yeah I I found one that was a manual transmission converted over one time whoa that's crazy like those, but also the car that you probably heard I was considering before the Quattroporte, and that was a Jaguar XJR, the, mm-hmm. the mid-90s, all the way up to 03, I think. That Very XJR, cool. just so cool looking. The J-gate shifter. and just, <laughs> I just like them. They're we aren't doing big sedans
1: again, though. We are moving on.
0: We are? How about uh, XJRs? They're cool
1: looking. <laughs> Noah, write a, Noah writes a question that I find fascinating. Because he wrote to this podcast with this question. And that's this. How do I justify getting a different car when I don't really need a different one? I just want a new car experience. That's pretty much what we do every day. Honestly, Noah, I I, I will justify it to you by saying, go on and do that. The thing I've said before, I'm going to repeat it here, and that is cars are one of those things that you can just swap. Don't do it with yeah. significant others. Don't do it with houses. A lot of that, that's much more involved than just, I want to swap my car. I mean, yeah, you got to sell your current one. you got to buy another one. But, but essentially, there's not that many steps. It's not that hard to do. And the consequences are pretty low. Worst case scenario. Look, I've been there. Worst case scenario, you buy a Lancer and the engine blows. And you lose some money on it. That doesn't feel good. I'll admit it. But ultimately, in comparison to some of the other risks you could take with your finances, if you're going to get into a similar price bracket, I, mean, oh, I wouldn't advise go massively into debt just for a new thing. I wouldn't do that. But if you're going to have kind of a step across, why not get a new experience? Speaking of new experiences, Christopher, he writes in. He says he's not writing for himself, which, of course, means he's writing for himself. <laughs> for he a has a, uh, a Scion FRS that it was his first ever fun car. And he loves it. And I'm thrilled to hear it. And that's great. But he says he's writing for a friend. Would a 987 Boxster be too similar in feel to an FRS to be considered for a new experience? No. no. No, no, definitely not. I mean, look, when I had my FRS, you and I did a lot of canyon runs where I was in that and you were in your Cayman GTS and we would hoon for a while and swap cars and that kind of stuff. And what I was always surprised by is how competent those cars were together, but yet how different they were to drive. Mm -hmm. And I think if you went with a 987 Boxster, you would find – plus it's convertible. You'd find a very different experience with mid-engine and those kind of things. But yet that is a docile mid-engine platform that's not going to be prone to bite. Okay. Okay. So I think – because like going to the Lotus, that chassis can bite. Okay? Indeed. The Boxster came in – you've got to really get it out of shape for anything to go wrong in a what's this – why is this spinning like this kind of scenario? Which was the dangerous? There'll part. be
0: screaming involved at that point.
1: So there there you won't will be, be, be you. 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 In will, a low tone, wondering why you, you'll be screaming. <laughs> you will know you've done something wrong to get the car there. So that's the nice thing about the Boxster, and but yet it does have a very different experience. The, the front end's going to feel very different because the engine moved behind you. So I say, yeah.
0: Alex HCO 9 asks, "What is the cheapest car that can draw a crowd at a Cars and Coffee?" So funny. The last one Alex went to, he noticed there were more people paying attention to a classic Mini Cooper. Then the McLaren 570S parked 20 feet away. Well, you're absolutely right. The first kind of car is anything that is in the best shape you've ever seen for that car. Mm -hmm. Well, I forgot Mitsubishi 3000 GT VR4s. were. Look how nice that (laughs) one is. That one's
1: incredible.
0: Wow. How about, you know, an Eagle Talon something from the early 90s?
1: Oh, my gosh. I haven't seen one of those
0: in a, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Generally, what they are is sort of like an 82 Supra. Or maybe the first-generation Mazda RX-7. Like, I haven't seen blank in mm-hmm. years. Mm-hmm. Or it's because it makes a connection with yeah. your high school years or your college years or your first car years. Or that was my first sports car. No way. I haven't seen one of those. And mm-hmm. that's cool. Or, again, that's the nicest blank I've mm-hmm. ever seen in my life. Why on earth would you spend money to make that thing nice? Let's <laughs> the, go
1: look. The pristine thing from back. But honestly, this is why Redwood's so successful. Yeah. Because uh-huh. it's those cars that... You wouldn't actually expect, and yet you gather them all together and you go, this is cool. And you get to put on your members-only jacket and a bunch of neon. I mean, and, you, know. you
0: see an 81 Honda Civic and you're like, ha, huh, I,
1: wow. I had one of those. Look it's how nice get, that yeah. is. Yeah, Oh, totally.
0: Look, my thing was broken and this, look, this is perfect. Uh-huh. And you you just obsess over it. You don't want it. <laughs> you want to walk away, but you just want to, wow, that's so cool.
1: It's also the one of one element. If you have the one thing at the car show that nobody else has that one, like at the most recent Cars and Coffee here in Park City, a guy showed up in a Mercedes E Class. Mm -hmm. He was, I think, I think he was mid build, but it's slowly becoming a pickup and had no windows, no doors, no rear glass, no trunk. The trunk had been turned into a pickup bed. Yeah, uh, It got a lot of looks. I don't know that it was the right kind of looks, but it got a lot of looks. I was impressed yeah. that he showed up. And he parked it next to something really nice, which also made me laugh. So that was very and good. And horrified the nice car owner. Oh, of course. Uh DMA asks on uh, Instagram, he said, What is beyond the Lotus Elise on the spectrum of sacrifice? Good question. I like this. It's a, if any creature comfort for road, basically no creature comforts is is the only <laughs> step beyond the Lotus. But it has to be road legal. And I can think of two. That are even more sacrificial than the Elise to the point that, look, when the Elise, I'm out in it and it starts raining, I kind of go bummer because I don't love driving it in the rain. It's not really made for it, especially with my new tires. But okay. All the spinning and screaming. The, 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 hopefully less of that. Okay. But we're still going to get home just fine. Okay. I'm not like I have to pull over under an overpass to kind of shield myself or whatever. The Caterham is a step further, as is the Ariel Atom both of which are road legal, <laughs> both of which are a step even further. You can go further than that into the Morgan three-wheeler, for example, but I think legitimately now you've actually lost a wheel. I'm still talking four-wheel cars, the Caterham and the Ariel Atom. <laughs> you have Adams, to search on the qualify. internet
0: where to buy a scarf if you yeah. own one of those Morgans.
1: <laughs> totally different. Data. How do I
0: buy a scarf? Where, where do I buy a scarf? All right, let's talk about this. B. Warren 228 blames the death of the sedan on laughably low bumpers and overhangs. Interesting. Okay. If you look at the profile of a sedan over the years, it has slowly lost approach and departure angles, which directly relate to how drivable the car is as a daily. Mm. But here the example is steep parking lots, curb stops, that sort of thing. B. Warren had a lowered Supra years ago that wouldn't scrape in places that the stock Chevy SS scrapes a bumper. The slight adjustment in driving style needed to drive today's sedans, he believes is enough to steer the average driver towards a SUV and SUV or a truck. Mm. Well, first of all, many times what you're hearing is just a lower piece. It's a lower flexible black urethane piece yeah. that is really designed to direct air and get better aerodynamics on the underflow of the car. Mm-hmm. That could be what you're hearing a lot that does get scraped, but that's car manufacturers know that's going to happen.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, interesting though I don't know that I agree because I think people just want to sit up high for visibility purposes, not because they're scraping. I see people scraping every kind of car because they yeah. go straight on under the, the rain gutters oh, yeah. in the streets. Same, they, yeah. they take it straight on. Just go at a slight angle and no, you're good. Why, why would I go at an angle? They go I'm straight on. Straight, yeah. And because the suspension mm. is so soft, even on an SUV, they go, bam. Yeah. And they hit their tow hook, so they hit the you – know, <laughs> whatever is under there. Scrape
1: the entire underside of the car Going, front, north really? of the front axle. Yeah,
0: You're not paying it? Okay, no. fine. So that is not the case. Again, I I come back to people wanting the visibility far down the road. When you're in traffic, you want to see over the top of the car in front of you. Now that everybody has CUVs and SUVs, you're looking through the glass and through yeah. their windshield yeah. to be able to do that. So it's kind of irrelevant. But for that reason, sedans have a lower center of gravity. Mm-hmm. And yeah. yes, by virtue of being lower and therefore ideally better to drive, they're going to have the lower approach angles and departure angles. And I don't see that as a bad thing. I just see that as part of car ownership. And I, I prefer that actually, if I'm going to buy a sedan, I don't want it to be kind of somewhere in between a CV and a, mm, mm-hmm. what is that thing? Yeah. Ford experimented with the Taurus for a while and it got pretty like a tall, Ah, tall car too tall
1: the what was that special version of the taurus that also looked like i was wearing a backpack it was kind of like the taurus a version freelander of
0: freelander freeloader something like that the, the ford Excellent. freeloader <laughs> something like that parks itself was. on your
1: wallet it's like the honda <laughs> <laughs> cross tour it's a Ford we wearing yeah. a backpack that thing yeah what is that thing that what is that thing is an appropriate question
0: the first generation venza i'm like is that a car is that what is that one? to be what is that thing yeah so well, Yeah,
1: But I want to back up your play in in one major thing. The number one reason that I have ever heard for anybody wanting to get a CUV or SUV, and it may be the primary reason or just a thing they list in a litany of reasons for their next vehicle, I want to sit up high. Yeah. Yeah. That has become the rally cry of a huge number of people and a large percentage of women, my wife included, where they just they want to sit up high, and that that lends a level of two things: safety, imp- the impression of safety. I should be clear. Sure. And also the ability to see further. When I'm driving around in the Lotus, and I get stopped in traffic, I am looking at the back badge of the cars in front of me. Even if yeah. that's a car in front of me, if it's an SUV or a truck, big dually trucks, I'm looking at the differential. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There is no looking around them, and so I'm looking for my opportunity to get around them, just so I can see a little bit more. I'm not saying this isn't a real thing. When everybody in traffic is sitting higher, then you need to sit higher still, and it comes all the way back around to the Fiat 500, which was purposely designed. Look at a Fiat 500 next to a picture of a Mini. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The Mini, they just made the Mini. They, it, it's got a good dynamics. It's got low seating position. The Fiat 500, they wanted you to be in a small car where your seating position, you've talked about it before, the H point, the hip point was high enough that you could look other drivers, sometimes in small SUVs, in the eye. And you're in a tiny little car. It's why that car is so vertical. Right. It's about ride height. We're
0: ending it there for now, but I do want to remind everybody to go to blipshift.com. Under the Shop tab, you can go mm-hmm. to partner stores and find the Everyday Driver collection there with all of our shirts there. We are continuing to add to that. Order Probably your shirts yeah. there. And like I said, all the ideas that we've had on the podcast over the years, we're slowly manifesting that on the BlipShift <laughs> store and they're our partners now. So big thanks to them. And you can find all of our merchandise there. Really appreciate your emails, your Topic Tuesdays, your car conclusions. It's great stuff, guys. Keep Thank those so coming. Much. And we're very excited to announce what cars... We're in acquisition mode. What yep. cars next are week? Next you will hear for things. this new it's challenge? It's gonna be crazy. Yeah. It's coming at you. Thanks, everybody. Cheers.